0: Now, touching this business of old Jeeves, my man, you know, how do we stand? Lots of people think I'm much too dependent on him. My aunt Agatha, in fact, has even gone so far as to call him my keeper. Well, what I say is, why not? The man's a genius. From the collar upward, he stands alone. I gave up trying to run my own affairs within a week of his coming to me. That was about half a dozen years ago directly after the rather rummy business of Florence Cray, my Uncle Willoughby's book, and Edwin, the Boy Scout. Lightning recap in Jeeves Takes Charge by P.G. Woodhouse. A man hires a new valet and gets more than he bargained for. the way do you have a little time um uh, by the way we have a little podcast this
1: is short story short podcast i am christopher j garcia here today upon with
0: christy baxter ah
1: it was a wonderful springtide yule break and (laughs) i I had a wonderful time dealing with things like rain and also 80-degree heat. So I had a lot of time to read. And, hey, hey Christy, what what should I have read?
0: Uh, what you should have read if you weren't busy with dealing with rain and 80-degree heat and instead were dealing with, oh, say, many inches of snow and ice storms, was Jeeves Takes Charge by P.G. Woodhouse.
1: P.G. Woodhouse is one of my favorite writers, and a big reason for that is the Jeeves stories that are hilarious and funny, and they make me laugh.
0: Yeah, it is. It's so beautifully written, and this character is just so himself. This character could not be anybody but who he is, and he's very amazingly rendered by Woodhouse that he just, he jumps right off the page
1: Yes and it really is a story of three characters throughout the course of the Jeeves and Wooster story that's Jeeves, who is the butler, of course uh Bertie Wooster, who is the I almost want to say the ne'er-do-well but he is a a gentleman of leisure (laughs) (laughs) and Aunt Agatha. (laughs) Of course. And thrown in there is also a number of other characters who pop in and out who all have ridiculous names that I adore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the names are very um, making fun of British. Like, they're not British, I don't think, but maybe there are some names like that in British, but it's, it's, it just has that feeling of going like a step too far in order to parody.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think Woodhouse was a very interesting character because he began his career writing in Britain, came to the U S and wrote here for a number of decades. Uh, He only died in the eighties, which I find amazing considering most, most of his great stuff was written in the twenties. And he was still writing when he died. I, At work, I deal with a lot of his stuff from the 60s that was still being published in big money magazines Um, and lower money magazines. He just liked to write.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some writers do.
1: Yes. What's amazing is that Woodhouse and his style has been massively influential around the world. Uh, The two that come to mind instantly for me, one is Douglas Adams, Mm. so much of that sort of self-reflective textualization uh, with the weird characterness, you know uh, it hung in the air in much the same way that bricks don't yes, is a very that's...
0: it's that's a one of my favorite horror. lines ever <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: another author same thing Gail Carriger uses a lot of Woodhouseisms, especially the weird names. But anyway, PG Woodhouse.
0: <laughs> oh, you just you just found out that? Oh my!
1: <laughs> yes, um, but PG Woodhouse is actually this massive figure in the history of literature, and in particularly comedy literature, which is something honestly we haven't covered much here. Yeah,
0: we're not funny people.
1: true um and it's hard to be funny without being exaggerated. comedy usually comes from either exaggeration or uh at the expense of others and often both Uh, and
0: sometimes when it's at the expense of others you get slapped (laughs) but i think the best comedy comes from the unexpected to me at least
1: Oh, that's absolutely true. And I love, you know, the funniest parts of this story (laughs) are actually when you get a more or less you have the exaggerated characters, but then when you have the characters who are very, like, straight cut-to-the-line, pure
0: uh, real
1: characters, (laughs) like the Boy Scout.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, who among us has not known the voice Scout? Parentally behind on doing good.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what's great is that what makes this type of stuff work is the back and forth between the expected and the unexpected, between the real and the exaggerated. And it is that interplay that is so great. It's one of the reasons why, and also, the one end exaggeration, the other end exaggeration. Bertie, uh, drunk, and Wooster, uh, the epitome of sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is, this is the origin story of Jeeves and Wooster, really. And what's beautiful about that is we see how their entire relationship is going to go on through just the initial interactions
0: and i'm a sucker for origin stories that's definitely you know any any sort of uh long form entertainment when it goes back to the beginning um unless it's a prequel of a beloved science fiction space opera franchise um but other than that like for instance say uh to speak of other science fiction stuff like the the kind of uh the origin story episode of firefly is like one of my top episodes of anything of all time like i love beginnings of things i love to see how you you have this relationship that is established you have these dynamics you have these patterns of behavior between people who know each other and they know each other's rhythms and everything and you really want to see Like this, this, they have this togetherness, even when they're, they're upset with each other, they're still able to still, you know, be on the same level. And you really just want to see where the hell did that start? Where is the big bang of this relationship? And so that's one of my, just, I'm a sucker for it.
1: Correct.
0: (laughs) I know I am correct about my own assessment of my proclivities. Yes.
1: You would think so, but here we are. One would. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I love the fact that with the Jeeves stories, you are always, the problem that is being solved is always the problem that Jeeves sees as the problem, not the problem that Worcester sees as the problem. And how Jeeves gets his problem solved is by solving Wooster's problem in a way that doesn't actually solve Wooster's problem. It makes a new problem that he then solves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy kind of that that cycle that happens here with him where it's just sort of this, less a cycle and more, I guess, sort of a, a feedback loop.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's actually exactly it. And what's great is you get the back and forth most of the fun in the wooster stories are in the back and forth in particular between wooster and jeeves uh and the bizarre word usements uh, wooster structures um which makes adaptation of jeeves and wooster brilliant uh, we've seen in particular the uh Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry series from i believe the late 80s maybe the early 90s uh are almost again word for word at points and the oh, this episode of it is so great because you have that rubber faced uh uh Hugh Laurie uh doctor house of course um literally changing from a three quarters dead human being to the right lively (laughs) wooster that inhabits the story it's just amazing and part of the reason that that can happen is that it is a story that enables us to visualize this bizarrely over-the-top character and do it so well
0: okay (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I think the dialogue is really stand out here. And one thing you might notice is the, the lack of dialogue tags predominantly. We've talked about that recently with, with Hemingway and such. And it's especially, uh, he's especially able to pull that off when he's doing conversations between Wooster and Jeeves. Because, I mean, A, you have one person who's in a position of authority and one person who's in a position of service, but kind of makes himself a position of authority by just doing whatever he thinks is best. Um, but they, don't, they definitely have their own voices and attitudes, and those come out very strongly in the dialogue to the extent that you really don't even need dialogue tags, which makes it much cleaner.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I actually listened to it again on the audio book which Ah. was very very i can't remember who did nick something or other um but the part that always gets me whenever i come to this is the (laughs) the interaction with the boy scout uh that begins with uh it became more and more apparent to me that this infernal kid must somehow be turned out (laughs) or right speedily Uh, i had hidden the parcel behind my back and didn't think he had seen it but I wanted to get that test of drawers quick before anything else came along. I shouldn't bother about tidying the room, I said. I like tidying. It's not a bit of trouble, really. But it's quite tidy now. Not so tidy as I shall make it. This was getting particularly rotten. I didn't want to murder the kid. And yet, there didn't seem any other way of shifting him. I pressed down the mental accelerator. The old lemon throbbed fiercely. Mm-hmm. I got an idea. That to me is Woodhouse at his woodhousiest. And I love that.
0: <laughs> I, I love that it goes from, I didn't want to murder the kid. And then two paragraphs later, it seemed to me that if he wanted to do a real act of kindness, he would commit suicide. I was just like, whoa there, <laughs> this is a child you're talking about, but okay.
1: True. That is. Let's let's not say he didn't plan us to get our hair mussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, and there is definitely this sense of what's incredible is that my entire sense of what the 1920s was like is informed by Jeeves and Wooster, which is odd because it <laughs> makes you have a very different view of what it was probably really like. Um, but uh, also, it really makes you want to use more, uh, the word rum more often. <laughs> rum, rum days and so forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I took it to mean kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got any other thoughts on this one there, Christy? Um, it was very enjoyable, and I could definitely see us coming back and doing some more of Woodhouse's G stories because they are they are entertaining. And they make for a nice, light read, but they don't uh talk down or make you feel like he's holding back. So I appreciated that very much.
1: I completely and utterly agree.
0: Correct. No, no, I didn't go
1: that far. <laughs> yes. Hey, Christy.
0: Yes?
1: What are we going to read next week?
0: Next week we're gonna take a sharp U-turn and read Incident at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Fierce.
1: Ah uh, yes, it's about to get cynical.
0: <laughs> uh. Raise the roof or lower it maybe. Uh.
1: <laughs> yes. Well until then, this has been short story.
0: Short podcast <laughs> not quite <laughs> <laughs>